If you ask me the question, are you going to take a shot at Scotland at five to one? The answer would be, I would check myself into a sane asylum before I would bet that horse at five to one. Exactly. But I have a tremendously different opinion on him than you do. If you love him, take him, even if he's five to one. But you got to you got to make that yourself. You've got to say before you go into it, I like Scotland, but if he's lower than X, I'm not playing him, right? And if you think he's the most likely winner in the race, well, then five to one probably makes sense. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Park, Saratoga And all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets Plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your bets RacingDudes.com as good as it gets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared Walsh, he's Aaron Halter, and it is Wednesday, and it's Wednesday night, August 23rd, and this, let's pull yours off, what's up, man? What's up, everybody? Yeah, my favorite weekend of the year. It's Travers Week. I know, I'm so excited. Favorite weekend of the year, uh, it's, it's going to be awesome, it's going to be a really good card, the odds just came out, morning line odds, so... It's gonna be good, man. I, I'm I'm really pumped for it. It's uh it's definitely a card uh, that's got a few odd races uh, mixed in with these stakes races, so it's gonna be fun to try to work these out. Yeah, the obviously the Travers itself is is you know the main event, and it's a uh, you know I, I I think we talked a little bit about it last week, and then I, I kind of tweeted it out like it, obviously 2017 was the last year, and of course 2015 we had it because you had Pharaoh that won all three legs of the triple crown. But the last time 2017, we had three different horses that had won each of the legs you know, running the Travers, but it hasn't happened very often. Um, and so it is very cool to have the three classic. It, it's such an interesting year where you have the three classic winners or the, you know, the three-year-old races. And then you have Forte who going into those races was the number one horse, you know, and, and he just, but he, he only got to run into one of them and it was off a long layoff. And so kind of feels like it's like, okay, the U3 won. And now we're going to find out what the big dog wants to do with U3. So it's going to be interesting to see how those all, all those line up. Oh yeah. It's going to be really weird uh, to see those three. And then a strong, strong favorite, That'll be much lower priced than any of those three. So uh, that's definitely not something really wasn't that long ago before the, or, you know, since those triple crown races uh, to, to kind of see that, but deserving favorite for sure. Absolutely. No doubt Forte, uh, you know, he, he didn't get his, a real fair shake. I would say in the, in the triple crown series ran in the Belmont off of what was not ideal. I don't really think, his trainer wanted to run him there, to be quite honest. How do I say that? Well, he said, I don't want to run him here, and they did anyway. So uh, now he's in a lot better shape to run in this race, the Travers here. And, you know, he's going to get a, a big shot at this big grade one. And, uh, gosh, it, I mean, it's it's a short field. I was telling my dad, you know, it's like 
yeah, you look at it, it's like, yeah, I can't believe we only have seven for the Travers. That's kind of sucks. But then you look at the field and it's like, well, they're all here. You know, all the horses that you get excited about minus go rocket ride are here. Right. I mean, that's really the only one and yeah. that you would, I mean, as far as, you know, it is interesting too, that like, and we can get into all of it in a little bit, but like with Arabian lion, let's say a horse that has been kind of teetering on, is he a classic horse? What's he going to do with him? You know, and you know, Arabian nights, his distance horse and that's, you know, but, and now it's like, well, you had another opportunity to run him in a big race and here you go yet again, another time where he's on the undercard of that race versus the main race. And so it kind of, maybe we're starting to find out that he wants to run him. It kind of, it was, it's weird, right? Because he, when he, when he won that race prior to the Belmont, you know, that day, it was like, he's kind of like, well, I probably should have ran him in the Belmont. You kind of had the idea of thinking, well, he's surely going to stretch him out longer. And yet we continue to run him at, at, at one turn races. So, I mean, I don't know if that means anything for national treasure that he's the one that's in the race or if it means less about that or not. But I thought that was interesting that we Arabian line yet again on the undercard of a big race. I think it, I think it means that Bob Baffert's best horses this year were, were one turn horses more than anything else. Uh, I don't think it means national treasure is better than horse a or B. Uh, I just think, I think Arabian lion, you watch the Woody Steven. It's like, yeah, he's probably just a one turn type. And, and and you also you look at Fort Bragg and he's kind of proven that. So I think that's what it means. Um I, I don't know. We'll get into national treasure. I don't I I don't know what to do with him. I uh but okay, by the way, Dennis, we will be there tomorrow. Uh we, we fly out tomorrow, which is part of the reason why we're doing the pod early. Obviously, we're excited. So if we you know the card's been out, so we're we're gonna do it. But uh our travel is kind of It'd be a late night, let's put it that way, in in, mm-hmm. in Saratoga. So we're gonna go ahead and get it done, um, do the pod tonight, and then we travel, you know, travel day tomorrow. Be there in the evening tomorrow night, and then we'll be at the track Friday and Saturday. Um, by the way, the personal incident is uh, that's a good segue, which is weird. Like I don't know how you. Okay, I can tell. But how, how do you feel about it being on Friday? All right. I, I don't know. How, how, do you I, ruin, how do you ruin a Travers card? You put the personal incident on on Friday instead of Saturday. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, we we've taken we've taken stakes away from a big card when every other racetrack is like trying to add stakes to their big card. I don't I don't understand it at all. I was I thought that was so odd. You see what they did? They would have all the New York bread races, the big stakes racing action on the Friday before the Travers, which I thought was a really good idea because you get a big crowd and you get to showcase these New York breads. And it was cool. I, while New York bread racing, it isn't the greatest. It's still, there's good horses and it was a really good showcase for them. And there usually were deep competitive fields on that Friday. Now we've taken that day and moved it to Sunday, which there's not going to be anybody there. I mean, there will be people there, but it's, it's like, that's kind of going to be the forgotten thing. And then we've kind of spread out the balls and spa and the personal incident. And it's just like, why did you do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. Uh, you would think that that Ness versus Clarier and versus maybe another horse that we'll talk about later would be Travers worthy, but I guess not Jared. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like, my thing is like most people are going to, be there Friday anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, we need to draw people in Friday to make sure they can come to the track. And then, and then we have them already for Saturday for the Travers. Like, no, nope. they're going to be there anyways, whether 
it's like why not i i don't get it i i did like three takes i was like what that's on friday i just couldn't couldn't understand it so um who could (laughs) well welcome to naira and welcome to 2023 horse racing on top of that um no go ahead because we're just going to talk about the three breeders cup races um on rapid fire so let's talk a little bit about the personal incident you know what this is a hell of a race. Um, we've never really done this on the intro, but we'll talk about this race because you do have it. And by the way, this weekend feels a lot like minus the Travers, I guess. I mean, I guess if you want to say Forte versus, you know, the field or Forte versus the three, you know, winners. Um, but you have a lot of those kind of matchups in a lot of these races. It feels like Claire here versus Nest, uh, elite, uh, elite power versus uh good night or, um, good night, Olive versus Echo Zulu. You know, you have a lot of those. So even the short fields doesn't worry me. It was like, I mean, I'm here for the matchups. So, where I mean, do you think this one to me, the way I looked at it when I handicapped it, it feels like Clarier didn't have much of a chance last time because uh-huh. of the pace set up. Because of the, I think she's gonna have a better chance this time. I think it, Ness might be put into a little bit of an issue. What do you do? How how soon do you go with this horse out in front? You know what I mean? Because if you go too quick, it sets it up too much for Clarier. If you don't, you might give the race away a little bit to the one idiomatic who might be out there in front. Yeah, I don't really think Clarier is in any better position. I, I don't think Nest, I don't think they'll try to push idiomatic with Nest. I really don't. I mean, you look how they kind of rode her last time. They kind of just kept her off of it. I think that's what they'll do this time. I think they'll let the Cox horse go out a couple of links and they'll sit second or third and then try to, you know, get the jump on Clarier again and then just hope that Nest is just better than the horse out in front and can go get her. I think that's the strategy. I, I don't think they're going to go out and bang heads early. I mean, it it, it feels I will I I think personally that it she's in a bet Clarier has a better chance this time than last time, but I still don't know if that's gonna be good enough. Nest is awesome. I mean, Nest is just, she's that she, she's her, as they say, you know, I, I just, she's a beast. And so who are you? You mentioned another one that you might be interested in. Who are you kind of thinking about? Well, the Cox horse, I, I think oh, idiomatic yeah. is the yeah. one. Uh, it's still it on the front end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Nat Clarier is in any better position than last time to beat Nest. I don't, I don't see that, but I do see, you know, Hey, there's a horse out in front and, I mean, again, I, I just don't think Ness is going to go chasing. I think they'll just play it off as well. We'll catch her if we're good enough. And I do think when you get a Cox horse that's loose on the lead, they're kind of hard to, to, to run down, you know? And I think we've seen that over and over, even in situations where it's like Forte versus Saudi crown, where you think Forte's got him, he's, you know, turns for home within range and they don't stop really. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just don't, I don't, Look, if if Ness does go with her, then yeah, Clarier's got a much better shot. I just don't, I just don't see that's going to happen. Well, I'll I'll make my case, and I'm again, I'm not, I'm not so like I'm, I'm right now, I'm still picking Ness. Um, and again, I think that's a good disclaimer. It's Wednesday, uh, obviously, lots of weather that could or could not happen. We know what it was like last time. Um, chances of rain still, you know, we're still, you know, betting Bible, by the way, available now, but we're still working on that. Lots of changes that could be happening. So point of that is lots of like our opinions here, obviously are our takes right now, but make sure you continue to you know follow the site, download the betting Bible, you know, 
stay tuned to what's going on. Just don't go, you know, blindly right down to what we th- we're talking about tonight, and then don't, don't listen to another thing from us for the rest of the week. But uh, my thoughts, and you, you can, you can, uh, uh, you know, tell me I'm wrong. But I, th- with last time, I felt like it was a little kind of like a nest ballpark, and this time it kind of feels like if you're nest, if you're Irad, with when you have that legit loose on the lead type horse and you're not i don't i don't disagree with you i don't you're you're, i don't believe that they're gonna like challenge her early or anything but how long do you wait to go get her you know because if you go too soon then you might hurt your chain you know maybe it sets it up a little bit more for clarier if you go too late maybe idiomatic could steal it you know and so i i just think it creates a little bit more of a urgency from from irad to be like you got to get this timing right on this ride because if you don't you're gonna fuck it up yeah i i guess that's that's probably true um it's gonna depend on like where does ness sit early because i've seen her sit closer to the lead than what she sat in that last race right so if she can naturally just get out of the gate and naturally sit a little closer i think she can be pretty patient if she's four or five behind yeah, I mean, she's going to have to make the move, and that could become a problematic thing. But I think I think the key to the race be where she sits early. I think she's going to sit a little closer maybe than what you're thinking, and that that could be the difference there. But, yeah, again, I I, I look at Clarier, and, and every time it's like, yeah, we're pace compromised. And, yeah, we got a trainer, and Steve Asmussen, the trains this horse, that, that trains like a 1,000 horses. And it's just like, why don't you put a rabbit in one of these races for, I I just don't get it. Like, you know, every time it's going to be like a five horse field, that's what this is right now. What are you doing? Like, and then we'll go after the race go, well, she was just didn't have any pace. It's like, well, you could do something about it. I I don't know. Well, you know, it's a hell of a Friday race. (laughs) So yeah, uh, at least we got that to look forward to. Right. Yeah. Um, But no, yeah. They, and then the ball's on spot too. Took that away on Friday or on Saturday. So, um, hey, you know what though? It's uh it's got two days of action that we can I don't know. I I mean now we now we weren't gonna go, we were actually gonna go shopping on Friday, <laughs> but now we will. Now the right. first, yeah, now yeah. the first Linson. Um what is society doing Friday? Is what Christopher wants to know. Well, I mean that that's it's not the it's a pretty good take, yeah. right? Like She's not, I mean, why not just throw her in the race? I mean, Clarier is easily your best older. I mean, maybe you don't waste like society, but even though she's not that great, but what you got to have somebody that you could put in. I mean, and there's no rule against it. I mean, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't know. But, but again, like every, after every race, he goes, yeah, I just pays compromise. And it's like, what? who could do um, something about that? You know, <laughs> Every Who's time, better though. equipped to do something about that? No, it's like every t- every time it's like, well, you know, the pay, you know, and it happens. Like you say, you're not wrong. Like you, say, it, it happens a lot, all the time. Every race she enters, <laughs> it's like, oh well, you know, like the pace was really up again. It's like, well, when you have a horse that doesn't run until the top of the, you know, the the, the, the quarter pole, basically, yeah, then make sure you get a pace set up in every race. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I mean, it's not like Asmussen has a shortage of horses. You can no. in any of these races. Um, I've seen a, co- a couple comments. I'll, I'll try to find one um, as I mentioned it. But yeah, like who, like Charles wants to know. Another note, side note, who gets the mount on Mage? Luis Saez, which was a rolling jockey. You know, he was kind of on the fence of where he was going to go. Was it going to be, uh, or no, you know, he, I'm sorry. It was Javier 
who is on the fence about between going with uh, Mage and uh, and Archangelo. He chose Archangelo, or at least it kind of had happened for him. And anyways, Luis Saez bails off Tabatrice, ends up on Mage. Now he gets hurt today, going to fall. Um, fortunately, a horse went down at Saratoga today, um, and he was hurt, and it sounds like he's hurt. I mean, he broke his collarbone. He's out for indefinitely. So he's not going to be riding Mage. I, we haven't heard. I, at least I haven't seen. I got to think Pratt is going to be top choice there. I, I don't know. Well, they've got the pick of the litter, right? There's six jockeys taken. And okay, so now Saez, I guess, is seven. Well, go into that room and just go grab the one he thinks best. I mean, it's not like it's a 12 horse field and, and we got to go to Finger Lakes to get a jockey. There, there's guys <laughs> in there. So I mean, maybe it's, I would think Pratt, it could be Gaffleone, you know. Go on well, down the list, right? I, I mean, read Castellano or the other Ortiz, Johnny V, Rosario, and Alvarado are all off the board. So who's they're all off the board? You've got the uh seventh draft pick here. Who are you going with? Is it well, Pratt I would go or is it Dylan Davis? <laughs> I mean, really, I mean it's Pratt. I don't know how he's not gonna get them out. So. It makes total sense that it would be Pratt. Yeah, people are saying Tyler G's got a Florida connection. I mean, it could be him as well, but I mean. I'm so I don't think it matters. I, I don't. I mean, and that's not a disrespect to Luis Saez. I love him, but it, like I said, it's not like there's 14 horses in this race and you got to go get Katie Davis or, you know, somebody like right. you don't, you can go get, go get whoever you want. Like, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, the difference of, you know, of Saez and, and Pratt or whatever is not going to make the difference of a horse winning or losing. So it's not, it, people I mean, might say it's, it did or didn't, but it's not, it's, oh, it's, it's well, just that simple. It's well, not, you, you could guarantee that's going to happen when, right. when he loses, it'll be like, well, you know, that's not, you know, that's not his, Pratt's not that kind of jockey that Saez is. Right. Know? He would have got he would have got the job done. But it is funny how there was all this ch- talk about oh well, you know it's about time he, you know he t- left Tapatrice. It's like everyone loved him on Tapatrice when he was running well. Um, but it's just it's it's not funny. I guess I shouldn't have said funny, but it's just you know it sucks that like after all the movement of kind of he landed on the horse, he landed on the Derby winner, and now he's out. So yeah. and, and that's not, not going to just affect that race. Obviously, I mean Sias is gonna he rides in every. Um, you know, every every race and every stakes race, certainly. Let me look at this. I was I hadn't even thought about that. Um, pipeline and the forego. Um, there's some of the other ones. The jerkins, he was on one in Vermillion, Ballerina, he was on Dr. B. Uh, he wasn't on anything in the sword dancer, so. I mean nothing major, thankfully, on those undercard races. So I gotta think this comment's pretty funny. If you if you really think that anybody's gonna tell Tappa Trice what to do, you're you're out of your mind. So there's, <laughs> there's that your theory's done. Like, yeah, for well, listen, Forte, he always causes trouble. So he he doesn't need Tappa Trice to help him. Yeah. Jose Jose probably got the mountain, like, oh shit. I was like, you better, yeah. better save some gas the whole day because he's gonna need it in that last race. <laughs> Um, well, I guess not the last race, but second to last race. So you guys, uh, yeah, that was a horse that drew, <laughs> he drew the short straw yeah. up with well, that one. You just, uh, you get, you just, you got to ride him the whole way around there. So we'll see <laughs> if he can. Don't, do it. It's so funny. We don't you remember whenever size got it and you're like, everyone's like, oh, it's a perfect jockey for him. You know, yeah. the way he rides and he pumps on him. It's like now, you know, it was about time he got off. Um, it was a perfect jockey for him. I, I mean, 
seemed like it. I don't. It know. was. It's just the jockey can't pick them up on their shoulders, and <laughs> I mean, it's, they're not driving a race car. This guy, this guy, this horse is just. They can't lots, get him to do it. I mean, we'll get into it. Well, we'll I was gonna say, it. let's not wait because I mean, there's a lot yeah. of takes to be had here in this Trevor's, and uh, we've got a lot, plenty of time. And you know, it's not, it's late. It's nine thirty here Central. Um, and if you're out already out there in Saratoga area, you know, it's late, you guys. So let's sit back and let's have some fun. And all hot takes are available for this Traverse show. We're gonna preview and get picks for Saturday's one point two five million dollar Traverse Stakes at Saratoga. They're gonna give us some rapid fire selections for the three 2023. Breeders Cup Challenge Series races at Saratoga. You got the Ballerina, the Sword Dancer, and the Pat O'Brien out at Del Mar. Let's go. Yeah, man, it feels. I, you you said it. it. You know, it's like it. There is no filler. I mean, maybe there is filler, but you know what I mean. Like it's like every horse in this race is like, okay, yeah. I mean, probably should be in the race, right? Well, I, you could make a case for all of them for sure. A, a, a solid case for all of them. Um, I, 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 we did a show or my dad and I did a show the, uh, this afternoon and you know, there was pr- people saying they were going to bet all seven of them at one point, you know, different people. So they brought up all seven. So, I mean, there's a few that I don't like, but that doesn't mean they can't win or it's impossible. <laughs> It's okay, Curtis. We're 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 good. I'm I'm not on that train anymore. So, um, you can talk. This although, well, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. I got a lot of tap at trice talk to be had <laughs> to talk about here. Yeah. I've been saving it all week. So, um, because I, I know anytime I text Halterman about it, he just laughs because he's like, I don't want to hear about that shit. I hate that no. word. And so I, I I'm like I'm saving it all. And with the huge crowd roaring, they are off. In the run happy Travers Stakes. Saturday at Saratoga Race 12, the main event. Really the main event of the year. All every year we look forward to this race. The grade one Travers Stakes, $1.25 million race for three-year-olds. Uh go to mile and a quarter, field of seven. And listen, it is, you know, the Derby obviously is the Kentucky Derby. Can't take that away. But if there's another race, these three-year-olds, these jockeys, these trainers, the owners that they want to win. It's the Travers year in and year out. And obviously we, we, you know, you don't need to tell any stories about what this race is. We all know the history and we know how important this race is, not just for stallions, but what it means um, for the overall, you know, three-year-old champion. And really this thing is wide open. In that case, you've got all three horses that want each leg of the, of the triple crown this year, mage in the Kentucky Derby national treasure in the Preakness and Archangelo in the Belmont all in the race up against Forte, up against Tapatrice, Disarm, Scotland, field of seven, Haltzman, but man, it's a solid seven. And other, like we, we talked about in the opening, other than go rocket ride, I mean, you're really not missing anybody. No, I mean, you got, you got the horses, you got the three triple crown winners and you got Forte in there. And, and I think that's, you know, if you would have said, Hey, somehow, if you would have told us in March, Forte's not winning a triple crown race, but he'll still be the favorite in the Travers, even though he's facing three triple crown race winners, you'd be pretty surprised, but you'd also say, I'll take it because that means Forte has been great. And we got the three triple crown winners. So, and you'd take it and you wouldn't really care who else is in it. So that's what we've got. And, you know, I listen, I, I think it's going to be a very intriguing race. I think Forte a hundred percent deserves to be a short price in here. 
I don't think it's as easy as, hey, like we had with Epicenter or Essential Quality. I, I don't look at Forte the same way that I looked at those two horses the last two years and thought, you know what, they're not losing. Um, but at the same time, he's the one to beat. I, I'm sorry. I, I just think he is the one to beat coming in this race. Yeah, I mean, okay, listen, so, so we have seven, and, and really all seven, I, like you said, we kind of make a case for. So let's just run Let's just run through them, you know? Everyone's here. Like you said, every, you know, everyone's kind of, he feels like you could talk. I, I Literally, I've talked to somebody that has liked a different horse as well, you know? And so it's like, hey, I mean, everyone, let's, let's kind of give everybody a, a, a thought process of, for every horse here. Number one, Forte, seven to five, morning line favorite. Charles Durrell, you know, a horse that, you know, unfortunately had a scratch as out of the Kentucky Derby as the favorite, um, you know, came back off that long layoff. You know, remember, you know, he hadn't ran since April 1st, came back and ran in the Belmont June 10th. You kind of alluded to it. We kind of don't need to allude to it. We they didn't really want to run him in the race, but, you know, owners did. Um, right, came flying late. Damn, you know, really ran a nice race considering the layoff. Came back in the gym, Danny. They did everything they could do to uh, keep him from winning, um, and he and he still found a way. What you know, in, in the mud, in the slop, nasty race, and he got the job done. You were there. You saw uh, Forte get a, get it done. So you kind of mentioned and talked a little bit about him. This is a horse that's done very little wrong in his career: seven wins and nine starts. Um, really, the only non-effort was in the Sanford, where you just didn't have it. But since then. He showed up every single race, and like you said, is a deserving favorite. But my thing with him, and I just, I, it's like I don't think he's a you. You said it a little bit, but he's not a world beater. Like I think he's the best of this three-year-old crop, but I don't look at him in the same light like you said as Epicenter. And like I, 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 this is a very. I think these three-year-olds are very, very evenly matched a little bit i think we've seen a lot of that too but he's been the most consistent one but we've seen a lot of like a horse will run really well and then they don't run well and then this horse has shown signs and then doesn't show like he brings it every time and so to me that's why he's going to be hard to beat but i do think he is beatable i think you think that because he kind of leaves he's left i should say question mark at well, all four of his starts as a as a three-year-old his two-year-old starts were pretty, pretty darn good. Uh, you know, like I said, forget about the Sanford. I don't care about the Sanford, but the other one's really, really good. He comes to the, the this year, just kind of a workmanlike fountain of youth. It was a race where definitely you're like, well, that's just a starting off point. He'll get better. And his Florida Derby was like, it, the time wasn't very good. The number wasn't very good. He showed a lot of guts, but it was skeptical. Belmont, he wasn't. Cool. I mean, it just didn't work out. I mean, he just wasn't ready to go that day. And then he comes to the gym, Danny, and he ran excellent, but he maybe should have been taken down. He only won by a nose. You know, it was kind of a blanket finish. And so he's not going to give you what Epicenter gave you in the gym, Dandy, last year, where he turned the corner. He absolutely dominated the field. And you went to the Travers going, well, Epicenter is going to dominate again. Forte mm -hmm. hasn't given you that. At the same time, point to a race where he hasn't given you his absolute best effort. <laughs> you just can't, other than, like you said, that's Sanford. So he's just very, very consistent, and, and he's proven time and time again, if there's a horse in front of him, he will go get them. And the only time he didn't was the Belmont, and if you go rewatch the Belmont stakes, I don't think he had any idea Archangelo was ahead of him. 
until the very end because he still kept coming and kept coming to me. He's, he's the one they're going to have to beat and you're going to be a really good horse to beat him. Well, the, the, the problem with I'm, I'm having is if you do want to try to beat him, you, you, well, maybe not six other ones, but at least five, I think that you can, it's how do you, how do you land on one? You know, mm-hmm. it's really tough to get there. And um, yeah, you, you know, that's a, it's such a good quality in a horse when, when a horse not only knows where the wire is, but, but goes, you know, goes after horses, you know, doesn't quit. You, you, you look at the Florida Derby, you can watch that race a million times. It's like, I don't know how he ever won that race. You know, it just seemed like he, he was beat and he just gets the job done. And so it's like, you, you bet him, you know, he's going to show up for you. Someone's going to have to, someone's going to have to run a huge race to beat him. You know, it's just like, that's kind of the, the idea behind Forte, I think. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't know that it's impossible that one of those horses could, but I, it's, it's, it's hard to make a case for one of them. Uh, if you're not, if not all of them, you got to make it, if you, if you like Archangela, well, then you kind of got to think Mage can get it done. If you like Mage, well, maybe Baffert can do it with national treasure and maybe Scotland can do it on the front. It's like, if you kind of go down that hole or you say, I mean, Forte has, we was all along been the number one three-year-old and he dominated in the gym dandy, even though he didn't really dominate, but he, he ran a huge race, all things considered. Um, I just think he's, I think he, uh, Pletcher's finally got him back a little bit after, you know, really since the first, you know, fountain of youth in Florida Derby, you know, he hasn't really gotten, cause you think about it, like that third race is where he wanted to pop him, you know, which was the Derby mm-hmm. and he didn't get it. And then he, he kind of had to reset. The Belmont was sort of the reset. And then the Jim Dandy. And then boom, here you go. You know, he's kind of got him. And he's he kind of alluded to that as well. It's like he's kind of got him where he wants him now. So um, I think we'll see a nice race. He's a versatile horse. Um, all right, next race or next horse, uh, Archangelo. This is uh, probably the most interesting horse of the race as far as like, what is he? Because obviously he did win the Peter Pan, but he beat Bishop's Bay. And it's like Bishop's Bay is like whatever. Um, kind of not as good as we kind of thought he was maybe going into it, but then came out and ran a huge race in the Belmont, won the race. Kind of, like you said, kind of snuck up the rail, got the dream trip, the dream set up. It all worked out very well for him, but he did run a, a good race and he won. So I kind of feel like he's on a prove it. Um, uh, is he going to prove it race for me? I'm going to let him beat me because I don't necessarily trust what that race was from him. But he definitely could. I mean, that was a nice race. And if he does that again, he'll be tough to beat, too. He's the toughest one to figure because he just it's it's really hard to understand exactly what he is. You know, he breaks the maiden at Gulfstream going a mile. He he won the Peter Pan uh, in a very impressive race. Him and Bishop Bay just kind of galloped away from there. He, he won by a head, but we've seen it, man. Like Bishop Bay just is a he, he just doesn't really like to win um, or he likes to win by a nose. He likes to hang with other horses. So the Belmont was everything went really, really well for him. He got a nice setup. He got an absolute dream trip and a great ride by Castellano, but still you still gotta, you can get all those things, but you still gotta go take advantage of it. And the horse was able to do it. So yeah, I, I don't know what he is. I am very concerned with the layoff from the Belmont to the Travers. I think that's really, really tough to do. Um, And if he does it, 
I tip the cap to him because I, I, I just, I just don't think that's easy to do. I don't care what the trainer says or what anybody says. That's, that's really tough to go Belmont, no races between Travers. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he wins. I couldn't put him on top. I just think there's too many question marks on this horse still out there. And I do think he he has the potential to keep getting better. I, I just don't know if this is the race where he like just totally blossoms or not. I I would have just loved to seen him in a race like the Jib Dandy. That would have been would have been great and would have helped a lot. Well, this is going to be, this is a, this is a big prove it race for him. He needs to come out and show something um, to see if that was a legit race or not. And I think as we go through the rest of these, I think, you know, Christopher has a good kind of a good point. It's like, agree that he, the Forte probably is the best and, 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 but it's kind of, you know, but then you add everyone else like the Archangelo or mage or, you know, national treasure or whoever it is you like, it's tough to stuff to eat even money on him. And that's probably what you're going to get. And to that point, it's like, yeah, he might be the best horse, but do I really want to play him at even money when I do have, when I have all three legs of the triple crown winners in the race, you know, it makes it tricky, um, which does obviously open up the opportunity to, to get him beat with another horse um, because you do have options. The next horse, number three, tap it, trice my, well, not my boy anymore. My formerly uh, boy, this is a horse that, Needs no introduction, gets the blinkers on, um, which has just been all the talk from the barn. But, you know, horse won Tampa Bay Derby, won the Bluegrass, um, you know, went off almost favorite of the Kentucky Derby after the scratch of, of Forte. Didn't, you know, he's, we're not going to go over the Derby again, but it was not good. And then the Belmont, I thought, ran, and numbers-wise, he did. He ran the best race of his career, and, and he just fucked just couldn't get it done. And, uh, in fact, Forte passed him late and the Haskell was like, did he even run in the Haskell? Like, was he even in the race? Like mm -hmm. never even got a call really. So the word is that the, the, uh, the blinkers have made all the difference. I mean, that's legit. What I, what I, the, the barn is saying, now I'm just reporting it, but that different horse, completely different horse. This is going to be a changed horse in the, in the afternoon with the addition of blinkers. That's what I've been told. I'm like, okay, but he's not for me still. Now I will say this though. I will say this before I'll give it to you. I'm off the train. Okay. I'm, I, I, I left it after the Belmont. I was done. I was, I went all in on the Belmont. I said, this is the race for him. I've been saying all year, this is the race for him. He still couldn't get the job done. Thought it was a great trip. Then the Haskell's like, forget it. Certainly not here for me, the Travers. But if you have not jumped ship yet, this is this is the time. This is the time to bet him because he's twelve to one. And I, I mean, maybe he floats down a little bit from there or whatever. But you have enough for me, in my opinion. You have enough changes with him, whether it be that addition of blinkers, a new jockey, um, that you could you can justify playing him at 10 to one in my opinion. Well, let me back up. Cause you've said a lot. Um, <laughs> I love this. Well, I just want to talk about the source. Well, no, but like you went all about all saying just like, Oh, if the, the, you know, Forte and the, these other ones are pretty darn close. And that's an assumption that I think that I don't think that I think he's way better. So if you think he's way better then you certainly can back him at, at a shorter price, I don't necessarily agree that it's darn close, but anyway, let's talk about tap at tries. 
First of all, I'm not sure the horse is going to go off at 12 to 1. There are so many people talking this horse up. It's crazy. Now, maybe these people aren't going to bet, or maybe it's just a select few people that we know that are talking the horse up. But I've heard from six or seven people outside of what, what you've told me, uh, he, we don't think he's losing this race, you know? And I guess the problem is it's, it's gotta, it's gotta fall on deaf ears to, to, to me because the bottom line is leading up to the Derby, everybody said, Oh, he is training so much better than everybody else. Okay. And he ran seven leading up to the Belmont. Everybody said he is training so much better than anybody else. I've watched. <laughs> I know. Right. He got third leading up to the Haskell. He has bounced out of this Belmont unbelievably. It woke him up. He is training lights out for this Haskell. Fifth, beat Nate in three quarters. Now, now he's got blinkers and he's training fantastic. I mean, enough is enough. I mean, look, I, I, I will admit I haven't looked at the pick five sequence as far as trying to structure a ticket. I've looked at the races, haven't tried to structure a ticket. If I can go four deep in the Travers, maybe I throw him on because the price might be good enough in the multis. And I do think he's a little better than like, I'd rather use him than the next, you know, national treasure disarm Scotland, but that's it. That's the only way he's going to be on any ticket. It was just like, we're going four deep. I'll throw him on there. Maybe something weird happened because the bottom line with tap and trice is he does have ability, right? He does. And you can't, he does things that are just infuriating, but you know, guys like Todd Pletcher, I mean, this is who you're here. We, we hear stuff from the top love him. They think he's, they think he has so much ability. You know, he thinks this horse has it all in front of him. He thinks if I can figure him out, he's going to be a star. He, Todd Pletcher's not an idiot. Like he knows the difference between a good horse and a bad horse. So that tells me he's got ability. I'm not backing this horse until he shows it period. Yeah. It's it's cra- every time I hear that this horse is going to be great and he's training great. Great. He doesn't have any trouble with training. He has trouble with racing. He's just I don't know. I can't explain how he's been so bad and and, and they just can't get it out of him. And these are this is a great trainer and he cannot get it out of him. So maybe it'll be this this week and and, and you know whatever, but I I just I don't, I just don't see it. Yeah. You know, and you even, I, the quotes I saw, like I've obviously heard from the barn, but I've also, the quotes I saw from like the PR was like, he, Pletcher kind of alluded to like, we're, we're kind of just like, we know he has ability. We know he's like a grade one horse, but like something needs to change with him. And that's kind of where the blinkers come in. You know, it's almost like, we don't know. I don't know what else, what more to do with him other than geld him. You know, I guess that's, that's that's the last step. That's why I'm not falling for it because <laughs> Todd Pletcher is a great trainer and a and a terrific horseman. You cannot win as many races as many big races as him and and not be those things. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. If he thought blinkers would make a huge difference. I have a really hard time thinking he wouldn't have tried them much, much earlier. <laughs> well, to me, it's a, it's just a, let's put them on them and let's hope. Well, and what more can you do at this point? We know this. We know for certain that you could shove a rocket up his ass and he's still going to break last. Like that's, just going to happen. We know he is going to put himself in a tough position every race. He it just it's what he does, mm-hmm. and and you some and you you've seen it the last couple of efforts. 
the derby, I it was like watching something slowly get pulled out. You know, it was like grabbing a, a handful of sand. You think I got it, and just slowly kind of just falls out. I thought we broke, we had it, Halterman, and then he just slowly <laughs> went backwards and backwards and backwards. And he puts himself in these impossible positions. He even had an insane pace. So it's like, oh, well, the pace, yeah, well, he's too far back. You can't, he's too far back when the pace, you know, because they're going fast early. And then in the other way, it's like he's just, he's so slow. He can't ever get the motor running to get past the horses that have something left that were in front of him. And it's just, I, I mean, again, I, and I saw, I don't know where it's, it's gone now, but, oh, yeah, Mark says, like, I'd rather lose on a, watching a horse break out than lose 100 times betting them, hoping he's going to do it. And that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, it's like, I I love the horse. I'll always have love for the horse. Um, he's such a pretty horse. And I really think that's a lot of it. Like, you, yeah, I guarantee you, we see him on the track on, on Saturday. Oh, we're yeah. thinking, oh, my, he, looks, uh, he looks unbelievable. He does. Well, I mean, he looks great. And, you know, in the mornings, he looks good that only adds to it like he's a he looks like a freaking thoroughbred racehorse it's just i mean to tap it but it, i it just i'm i can't i can't keep betting him the problem is like curse panel goes he hate he also hates running inside of horses sometimes sometimes he doesn't go watch the replay sometimes he's fine that's the problem yeah you don't know when he's going to be upset or what's going to make him upset or what's going to quit Trust me, if he hated running inside of horses and that was his biggest problem, they just take him outside. It's not that big of a problem. The problem is sometimes he breaks from the rail and he's fine. And sometimes he breaks from the rail and he stops and he gets all the way away from everybody. And then he tries to circle. <laughs> like Jared said, sometimes he doesn't break well and sometimes he breaks great. And then he just quits and goes to, towards the back. Mm hmm. He has a multitude of problems and they're not consistent. And that's the, that's the overarching issue. His problems are the list is long and sometimes they don't bother him. And sometimes they do. So what exactly can you do with a horse like that? I don't care how good of a horseman, how good of a trainer, how many replays you watch and you could spot his issues when he's all over the place. I don't really know what you can do with him. And that's the, to, this is the deal with him. He may solve all these issues on, on Travers day. And then he turns for home and he might hang and wait on horses. And so this time they'll go, well, he's just hanging. Maybe the bleaker, the blinkers bothered him. So the next race, they'll take him off. And then all those other problems will come back. Right. Mentally. He's not there. Period. It, well, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all mental. Clearly he's not. And I, and like, I, a lot of people like, I think had different opinions of the race, but when I watched, like I, as a, as a better, as a, as a backer of Tapatrice in the Belmont. And I, I know many of you also uh, bet him that day. It's like, I, I loved every second of that race. Oh, oh well, of course, other than, other than the end, but like, as the race was going, it's like, yes, he's got him where he wants him. I thought it was an awesome ride. Yep, that he's gotten in the, in the position to to be there at the end of the race. He was he was in striking distance at the top of the stretch. It's like, what more could you ask for? Now go finish the job. He wouldn't do it, and he couldn't do it. And in nope. fact, he kept him wide, and Forte went wider and passed him. Yep. And so it's just like you, like you said, you might figure out three of the issues in that race. I think he, you know, he got involved in the race earlier. Yep. He, you know, 
he he has was more of aggressive of the on the ride. He got him in a position that you know didn't have him ask a lot to do, have much left to do late, and then three other problems were still there. And so it's I'll, just, I'll tell you the minute I jumped off this horse when he broke great in the derby, and it looked like he was going to be mid pack or even a little better. Go watch it. Go watch it. And oh, by yeah. the time they got to the wire the first time. He had already dicked around so much he was almost last. And I, I looked at myself and I said, he doesn't have it mentally. Maybe he can figure it out one day. Source is an idiot. He, he just, he doesn't have it mentally. The, if they can ever figure that out, he's going to be decent. But this is, I, until they do, I'm not going to sit here and just waste money on him. It's just not going to happen. Go watch the live stream of that. If you want me and Alterman's reaction to that, uh, of when we were like, Oh, he broke. And you know, and what was so funny is leading up to that, we had this back and forth with Samich, who, by the way, you know, shout out to Samich who got the maze, right? Picked maze. Yeah. But a big part of that was like, he's going to outbreak, you know, he's going to break well and maze that is. And, and Tappa Trice broke better than Mage. I yeah. mean, he he was ahead of him. And then, like you said, just slowly. And so we're like, oh, yeah, we got it. And then, no. Um, he didn't have it. He just okay. mentally doesn't have it. And All right. Speaking people of- could have said, well, if he broke outside, if he had it outside. No, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. He wasn't going to do it because he does, he's, a, he's got a screw loose. Speaking of Mage, <laughs> let's go to the next horse here. Number four, Mage, your derby winner. Um, you know, a horse that's man battle tested. This is a he's ran in everything. It seems like, um, you know, got beat in the Fountain of Youth. That was kind of his, it's kind of his coming out party a little bit because he was just out of the main special weight, went straight to that race, had a little bit of trouble. Everyone kind of like, oh yeah, you know. But next time came in the Florida Derby, looked really really good. Looked like a winner. Forte came in and ran him down. By the way, Forte's beat him twice, um, both those races. Coming, you know, the Derby was obviously. I mean, I think at this point we could say was the outlier because he ran a 105 buyer. Randy, I mean, just a monstrous race in the Kentucky Derby. Preakness was awful; it was flat. And then in the belt in the Haskell, I mean, shit, he ran well. It's just Go Rocket Ride was was that horse. He was really, really good in the Haskell. So I kind of feel like Mage is all like he's kind of a combination of the Haskell, Florida Derby, and Fountain of Youth which I think is really good, but I don't think he's great. And I think that's what the issue I have with Mage is. I think he's ran six races. One of those races were good enough to win this race. The other five were not. And if he elevates to that Kentucky Derby race, which is the same distance as this race. So that I think that's important. I think he's got a shot. If not, I think he's going to run second. I, I think he's the most likely horse in the race to run second. And I say that because he's just really damn consistent. You know, he just, you know, he's going to show up with a good effort. I just think at the end of the day, he's not quite good enough to win a race like this. And you might say, well, that's really dumb because he did win the Derby, but he, he did. And all the credit in the world to him, but his other races have just been just good enough to get up and hit the board. I really have grown to like this horse and respect this horse. I can't think it's any sort of good sign that Castellano went to Archangelo. That was the other thing. So I don't think Mage is winning this race. I think Mage can, is definitely hitting the board in this race. That's how I describe it. I, and again, we talked a little bit about it uh, earlier, but we'll 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 re you know kind of readdress that. Like it makes no difference to you, right? That I mean, other than. No offense, but someone, you know, uh, if there's some random jockey, but it's like they're going to replace him with Luis Saez with someone. 
Pratt, you know, uh, Gaffleone, whatever it is, like it's not gonna. That's not gonna change your opinion of him, no matter what, right? No, and I, th- I think with him, it's the ride is kind of self-explanatory as well. Like at this point, he's gonna drop towards the back and try to make a run. I mean, we saw that that speed from him, and I, I think that's just long gone. I don't think we're gonna see that anymore. He's got his style, so. Now, I, I don't think that the jockey will make too big of a difference. Like I said, it's a really consistent horse. I think he'll show up and run his race. I thought he ran a fantastic Haskell. Uh, and again, if, if I can go three, four deep, he will be on like a pick five ticket. But I, I just for a win ticket, I just I just couldn't get there. I, I just think he's really good. I don't think he's like great elite, however you want to describe it. And that's that's just my opinion on him. But I, I do have a ton of respect for him. Um couple things one this race if you're if you really like forte it, it may the race is even challenging from a standpoint of like play let's say you want to like get a little bit more value out of the seven to five or whatever he goes off at it's like well i'll play like a cold exacta or something well it's hard to even land on a horse that's going to finish second you know because if it's not going to be mage it, it, it could be a list of of these other horses that could could run well second thing do you think forte would have beat mage in the kentucky derby I mean, obviously, assuming he was healthy and you know all things being equal, Mage runs his race, the race that he ran. Do you think Forte would have beat him? You know, Mage ran a lot better race than he had ever ran before. Uh, so it's tough to say. I don't know. Mage just managed to spin the right horse on the right day. And look, uh, I'm going to do. I'm going to for next week's show. I'm going to do a study on this. The horses that won those two days uh, on Friday and Saturday really haven't been that good, and the horses that. Where I'm behind those other horses have come back to win the races. It's, it was a weird two days of racing uh, at, at Churchill that weekend. And I think Mays just loved that track and freak. So I, I'm not going to, I think it's a little bit disrespectful to say that because I, I, I go back and watch that replay and it's like, he really ran his, his ass off that day. And I don't know, maybe Forte beats him, but I don't think it's a lock. Yeah, I mean, we'll never know, but it definitely makes it, it adds some intrigue to say because if you really like Maze, you say, well, I mean, if he runs his best race, even Forte can't beat him, and that if you do like him in this race, then that could give you something um, to to go off of as far as you know the confidence in, in picking him. All right, uh, let's go to the Preakness winner, number five, National Treasure, Bobby B. It comes in the race with National Treasure, John Velasquez. Gets them out. These guys obviously need no introduction. 35% when they team up. They're just, I mean, they, they, I mean, Bob Baffert is, is, uh, we, he brings a horse to the Travers. You got to know the horse has got a chance to win. I mean, that's just the bottom line because that's what Bob Baffert does when he brings a horse over um, uh, for this race. So, thoughts on the Preakness winner? I know after the Preakness, we thought that was the worst Preakness of all time. I mean, and honestly, that's kind of a big reason why I'm going against all three legs of the triple crown winners just because I was ready for the triple crown to be over afterwards. Cause I just thought, I don't know that we, that was like the, we, the greatest <laughs> triple crown of all time. So to that point, he won the Preakness barely beat blazing sevens. Blazing sevens is still running in that last race in the curling. Um, in the Belmont, he was, I mean, I thought the Belmont, it clearly was too long for him. I, I thought he ran a little bit gutty early, you know, when he, he kind of showed a little bit of fight and then obviously he turned in and he turned it in real quick. Uh, but ha- for half a second, he kind of gave it an effort, cutting back, uh, you know, obviously off the mile and a half, but not a ton. Thoughts on him? I just don't think he's a very good horse. I mean, that's, that's just where it is with me. And I, 
I'm glad he's here. I, I do think he adds pace presence. I, I actually think he's going to be on the lead uh, in this race because it's Baffert and it's a big grade one. And I just think he put, he puts a horse on the lead. So I think he gets the lead over Scotland. I think he's a little better than Scotland. I just don't think when the real running begins, he's going to be able to hold them off. I, I feel like if you wanted to, you know, hey, he might hang on and get third or fourth, go ahead. I, I'm not going to, but end of the day, and I, I just don't think he is that good of a horse. And I think he, and give him credit, he took it, you know, he took advantage of a, of a preakness that just wasn't very good and he won it. I just think there's better horses here. So I, I, the interesting part with him is I'm trying to figure out what he's going to do. And you kind of, and that was where I first leaned to was like, well, it's, it's, it's Bob Baffert. It's John Velasquez. It's the Travers. You may have only have one shot, you know, and it might be to steal it on the front end. So, you know, we've seen that before from those guys and that's what he's going to do. But then, you know, you kind of look at the, the workouts and it takes blinkers off, which you go back and this is a horse that's been, both very you know about the same really i think four times it's ran with blinkers and uh, three times without so he's kind of you know he's he's played around with it and, and you know the times he's been off of him or without him he's never been on the lead uh and the one the times he w- had blinkers he's been on the lead every time other than the breeders, breeders cup juvenile um he was not but the last two for instance he was he had he had blinkers and, and he went to the lead so kind of make you know it's like it makes me wonder it's interesting to me because I was like, well, now why do you take the blinkers off? Are you going to try to rate them? I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting because I, I'm with you. I, I really just expected he would be on the lead. Yeah, that is interesting. And it's interesting that they keep taking them on and off. Tries to tell you we're just trying to do anything to move him up a few <laughs> more links, you know, <laughs> because he's he's right there, but he's just not quite good enough. Um, yeah. I To me, what's his best chance to win? Just go. You know, so that's well, either I way. Think. I mean, I think that's it's probably both the national treasure and to Scotland's yeah. they're both going to be forwardly placed, right? Yeah, and I, I, I just think, and you may be onto something, and maybe he does come a little bit out of it. To, but to me, it's just like your, your, your best race, you won the preakness, you've got out to that lead. And this is another field where there's not a ton of speed. If you really, if you kind of just shove on him a couple of times, he should get the lead, and he's inside the other speed. So, well, here's here's one thing to to for, for Charles and, and maybe if you if you like him, maybe I'm not gonna argue about putting him in your try and exactus, but if you don't think he's sending Bob Baffert, I mean National Treasures has won two races in seven starts, both two wins were gate to wire. Never yeah. never not on the lead. So the other five he obviously was not or he, he faltered. So um for that, I feel like if he's not going to the lead, and, and then Halterman said it, we said it. It's like the best chance for him to win would be going gate to wire. If you don't think he's going to go gate to wire, and there are some signs there that he may not, I definitely don't like his chances to run down a, a group of these horses in here. So um, I'm a I'm a pretty hard pass with him. But uh, all right, disarm the other eight to one shot. This one's interesting for me, Steve Asmussen. Santana, uh, I'm sorry, Asmussen and, and Rosario Santana. Sorry, Santana. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know what to do with Disarm because this is, he is a horse that, you know, 
had a lot of steam kind of like getting into the, got into the Kentucky Derby, finished fourth in the Kentucky Derby, won the Matt win, um, came back and I mean, got a big number is about three straight triple digit buyers, but you know, for, you know, obviously that was a forte Saudi crown angel empire. They were all right there. Um, you know, disarm didn't disappoint himself. I don't think in the gym dandy, but it's hard to think that he's going to turn the pages that much. Well, over some uh, over Forte, for for instance. Did you say he has three straight triple digit buyers? Hundred. He got a hundred in the Derby, one hundred two in the Matt Win, and a one hundred one in the Jim Dandy. Yeah. He got a one hundred two in the Matt Win. That's amazing. Uh he's a toss for me. Well, he's here's not- the thing about those. He only won one of them, right? Yeah. And even if the Matt Win, you think that's a bullshit number, then whatever. But I, I've if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times on the show. It's like that happens so often where a horse. Runs a big number, Mage, or Forte and Saudi Crown and the other one, and then they get a big number, and then they have to decline them accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. And so you find these horses that, like you, like you're laughing at Disarm, and I don't disagree with you for for what it's worth. It's like, okay, you got a 101 for the Jim Dandy effort. It's like, give me a break, you know. So it's like, you kind of take it for with a grain of salt. Use the eye test. He's not good enough. I, 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 I don't, I did not know he ran buyers like that, but I mean, you just watch him. He's not, he's not good enough. He's going to have to, he's going to have to really improve uh, to win. Now the blinkers are on and I've heard they do magical things. Uh, <laughs> trice, so, so maybe, maybe that rubs off to disarm. Uh, yeah. As Houston said, I don't think we've seen his absolute best race. I, I think he has more to give us, um, you know, and, and that could be, but uh, to me, this this just doesn't scream wow he's really really good he's moving forward he just kind of i mean if you want to use him underneath definitely i i think that makes sense because that's kind of what he is he's like red route one but he's a little better you know he is better than that he he can get closer in these bigger races but i just don't think he's good enough uh to win i i think um i i I have some interest in him underneath let's put it that way i'm not yeah, sold on him yet, but like, if I wanted to get creative in my exacta, I, I don't hate the idea of putting him in second. If this thing, you know what I mean, because um, he could juice it up. Because um, I don't think he's going to be bet all that hard. And Christopher brings up an interesting point. Doesn't that make you question Forte's one hundred five? I think it does. But again, I, I looked at the eye test. I thought Forte ran a, a great race. I thought he was. Uh, you know, obviously bottled up for most of the stretch run, you know? And so it's like, yeah, I do. I don't, the number is the number, right? I mean, he won the race to me. And so it's like, I, I question that whole, all what they all got. I think him and Saudi crown were the only two that I have any interest in, in the race. I'll take it one, one, one step further. I don't care. I don't care. You could have said he ran a 50. I don't care. <laughs> there's no way there's no chance ever i will care about a buyer ever period shoddy says leave red route one alone his west virginia derby was fantastic i well, mean he, i don't think they're that different but that's my point red route one was in the west virginia derby disarms in the traverse it's two very different things that's the problem all right let's round this field out number seven scotland i guess the only I mean, he did win the Curlin, but he's the only like non-graded stakes like kind of runner that's been running in all these big races uh, of the field. Scotland being 
that one. And it's like, you know, but he's not done a lot wrong in his career. Three for four lifetime. The only one was the second um, by a nostril to a comeback for to a comeback winner. You know, the horse you know didn't break well in the next start, came off the lead from well off and won and then went gate to wire in the curling. So a tactical horse, but also uh, very versatile. It, so he's an interesting horse that, that, you know, like there's no, to me, there's no, I, I think you'll go to the lead because they, obviously you're up against it. You're up in class and this is, you know, you're going to have to kind of, you know, El Mer- El Coral, Miracolo. Uh, did you see that win the other day? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like they were high fiving on that, on the grandstand, but he's going by he was so far out. Um, but he came back to win and, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think he's got much of a chance, but I, he's interesting. I mean, I think he'll get bet. He's interesting. I think he's the wise guy horse. I really yeah. do, because I think when you get when you you know get your paper out and you look at you start putting together the pace, you do look and say, well, this horse could take him gate to wire. Like he's going to be in front. You look at the the breeding, and you're like, yeah, he can go probably a mile and a quarter. Um, yeah, yeah good me, it's just like, I, I just don't think he's good enough. I, I think the Curlin winner always kind of gets bet more than, than it probably should. Um, and we've seen a couple of Curlin winners run. Okay. For the most part, they usually don't though. Um, and I just feel like he's going to get a little over bet and I could be wrong. Sometimes I'm, I'm kind of bad sometimes about, uh, you know, horses getting over bet. I'll say, I think they're going to, and then they don't, but I don't know. He just kind of feels like a wise guy horse. I've heard a lot of people talk about him. I just question his talent level. I don't think it's quite up to par. Uh, and I, I just feel like even if he gets a decent trip, he reminds me of like we, the people, when we, the people ran in that Belmont and everybody's like, yeah, we, the yeah. people is going to take him gate to wire. And it's like, yeah, he, he, he projects to get that trip, but he doesn't have the class. Right. And that's what I'm Scotland kind of worries me with that too. It's like, yeah, he might turn for home and have a shot, but, does he really have the class to take it the rest of the way? And I think that's a really underrated thing. Um, you know, you think about Saudi Crown, who I think had more class than Scotland going into the Jim Dandy. He still couldn't do it. He got beat, you know. So you can get a perfect trip, but then you got you to be able to finish. And I just think somebody will catch Scotland. I do. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. I, I do. I don't. If you're going to, if you like, you know, Dennis, you know, um, I know you like, if we, if we meet, hopefully we do this weekend. Like I'm not going to sit there and be like, Oh, you know, I hate that pick. Like, I don't hate it at all. I think no. he's certainly a wise guy horse. I don't think you're getting 12 to one, but you might get eight to one or somewhere in that department. Um, I, I kind of love the idea. It keeps growing on me. The idea of playing him underneath, you know, because I, I he's shown, you look at the way he's ran these races. Obviously he's a horse that doesn't like to lose because he's, he's given an effort every time whether he's broke poorly, whether he's broke on top, he gives it an effort. Now, granted, it's been much less competition than he's going to be facing in, in, a, in a race like the Travers, but like that's a great sign, a great trait to have, kind of like Forte, where it's like, okay, well, I mean, even if I miss the break or even if this horse gets out in the lead or whatever, like say National Treasure just have their dead set on doing it and going at the lead. Well, I, I know Scotland can sit off of it a little bit, and so it gives you a little confidence. And from that aspect, I don't, I think he'll hang around. Um, I don't think he's going to like throw in the towel. Like a few of these might in this race. And, and honestly, dude, and we'll kind of tie this over to the whole thing here. I don't want a lot to do. I mentioned it a couple of times. I don't want a lot to do with the triple crown. I just don't. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I didn't love it. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of up against, I'm against all these. I'm against Archangelo. I'm against Tabit Trice, Mage, National Treasure. And so it kind of is like the quote unquote new shooters, the Disarm, the Scotland, and Forte. And I mean, come on. I'm picking Forte, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's that simple. I don't, I just didn't love, I didn't watch any of those races other than the Mage, right? If Mage can re- duplicate that effort, then yeah. But you didn't watch any of those races and think, wow. Watch out, Travers. Like, this is the horse. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't, but certainly not now. I mean, if National Treasure wins this race, then I just tip my hat and I say, hey, I'll, I'll you know, you know, the Breeders' Cup's out in LA. I'll meet you out there and I'll see you then. So, I mean, that's really, because if he wins, then it's whatever. But I, I just don't want a lot to do with this, these three year olds that ran in the Triple Crown. I, I think, the, I think the Archangelo situation is very, that could burn you. I think he's the one that can burn you um, as far as winning. Uh, I, Cause I, I just, I'm not sure what he is one way or the other. The other ones that you think you think you've got kind of a, kind of a handle on him. Yeah. And you said it was Scotland. Like if, if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I'm going to bet Scotland, what do you think of him? I mean, I would just say he's not for me, but I understand what you see. Right. I understand where you're coming from and that you want to take a shot with him. It's just, I'm not, but, I don't think it's crazy. I don't because I think people see what like randomized did for, for uh, Chad Brown in the Alabama and think, well, that'll happen in the Travers and it, it could, I mean, it's not like that'd be the first time a gate, the wire winner uh, happened in the Travers. So Charles says there's not in a million years Forte wins here. So, I mean, there you go. But uh, I think I saw, what do you like? Mage over Tappet Trice over Scotland and National Treasure. I mean, if you get that home, that's uh, you're buying drinks, Charles. So if you get I mean, that home. You, you got to bet your opinion, and if that's your opinion, yeah, you'd go for it. I, I have a different opinion on, on the <laughs> Well, I mean, look, I mean, that's that's what it is. I, I'm not here to talk you off of it. I mean, if you're set on it, go for it. it I we'll see. It, it feels like, and this is a good kind of segue into, um, we will try, first of all, shoddy. We were going to try to do it live a little bit at the, and then last at the Whitney. And then of course, you know, everything went down and maple with maple leaf. And then we were just like, no, we're not. I mean, I, we, I was, I was setting up to do it. And then that happened. And I text magic. I said, I'm not doing that. Yeah, honestly, I was, we ready, to, I, I was ready to leave after that. So I was like, I, yeah, me. but yeah, we might try um, to see how crazy it is last year. Last year. You remember for the Travers? Well, I know you remember, but for the people, yeah. like we were there, but we had, you know, we had rooting interests, you know, personal interests. And so we were, we were way nervous and we had a lot of that going on as well. And so this year will be fun just to kind of, root on our picks but uh yeah at the paddock bar certainly dennis like yep. that if you look no further you'll find us there yep we'll be um there. take okay so this kind of leaves up take a shot at scotland at five to one that's the question and and i think that in the bigger picture we can tie all this together and say at what price are you willing to take x and and i think i i, I honestly think it's that kind of race where it's like if you like the horse it's seven good horses let's call them five and a half good horses like if you like the horse then bet it you know and i I get it it would suck to take five to one on a horse that was 12 to one morning line but you know it's like worse is not betting the horse to win and your opinion was dead on and you didn't make any money off of it like 
I, I to me, if, if if five to one is twelve, I mean, it's obviously not as good as twelve to one, but if you have an opinion that's strong, play it. And I don't care really what the odds are, other than you know Forte being like two to five or something. Well, and I mean, Dennis, you I, you can only answer that question for you. That's the thing. Like, you ask me, are you? If you ask me the question, are you going to take a shot at Scotland at five to one? The answer would be, I would check myself into a sane asylum before I would bet that horse <laughs> at five to one. Exactly. But I have a tremendously different opinion on him than you do. If you love him, take him, even if he's five to one. But you got to you got to make that yourself. You've got to say before you go into it, I like Scotland, but if he's lower than X, I'm not playing him. Right. And if you think he's the most likely winner in the race, well then five to one probably makes sense. I don't have that same opinion. So it I really I feels like every horse in the race and, and, and to a, and to a degree it's even Forte. Cause if you really like Forte, then seven to five is playable. Um, that every horse in the race is playable regardless of the, of whether they get bed down, you know, here or there or whatever, because it, it just, I don't know. It just feel, it doesn't, it feels like a, this is my opinion, and no matter what the odds are, I'm going to play. It's a little bit like a Breeders' Cup where it's like, you know, where I'm going to get my price. Whether you know, and more than anything, it's like trying to get pick get the winner, pick the winner, right? You know, that's mm-hmm. to me. This kind of race is like, forget the odds. I mean, obviously, we're all trying to make money, but pick the damn winner, you know, and 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 press it and get it right. I don't I don't know about. Like I will, I'll be going thin in this race. Like I'll just say, like I'll, I'm gonna press my opinion, whatever you know, and, and hope I'm right. Yeah, I mean, look, I, the odds and what prices you take, I we, I can't sit here and tell other people what to do, and you can't sit here and tell other people what prices to take because that's up to the better. I mean, that, you know, that's like, I, I mean, you just can't. You that that that's that's a personal decision that you've got to make, and that's like when Christopher was saying, "Yeah, maybe Forte's better, but it's darn close between Archangel and Mage." Well, if you think Forte, Archangel, and Mage are darn close, then you you probably just have to bet the highest priced out of those three, if that's your opinion, right? <laughs> I don't think they're close, so I like Forte because it's like, yeah, it's seven to five, I would take that on him. That's that's, but people listening to that may go, well, that's crazy. Well, that's your opinion and and how you want to bet your money. I'm telling you how I want to bet mine. Right. <laughs> and, and if you are out there going, I want to take five to one on Scotland. Well, that's your, that's your, that's your money. That's your opinion. That's if, if you feel that strongly do it, I certainly wouldn't do it, but who am I to tell you, Hey, you know, you know, you don't, you don't bet him at five to one. You bet him at eight to one. I can't tell you that. That that's that's a decision that you've got to make when it comes to the odds. Opinions are like buttholes, Christopher. Yeah. I um, mean, well, last question or last thought on the race for we obviously it's just great, guys. Keep the comments coming. We got yep. a ton of people in here uh, listening to this, and and obviously we're all hyped up for it. So as long as you guys keep coming with questions, we'll keep talking about it. But. um a lot of hype on Forte being a classic horse. And obviously it kind of is a, both by talent and what we think he is. And also by the rest of the horses kind of <laughs> collapsing and kind of going off different directions or whatever. And uh, Cody's wish being one of them and, and, and switching that, you know, didn't work out in the Whitney. And, you know, it's like, I one, if, if, if Forte wins this race, like you think he will, 
I mean, he's he's got to be the favorite. I know it's still we got a couple months out, but he's got to be the favorite for for the classic. I mean, other than I mean, I'm trying to think of a of an older horse that could could bounce him, but it just feels like he would be the favorite of, of the uh, of the classic. And you don't see that a lot with three year olds. Obviously, Pharaoh is the one I can remember off the top of my head being uh, being the favorite of, of the of the classic as a three year old. But you don't see that very often. Yeah, I I think by default it's either gonna be him or go rocket ride. You know, if he was able to beat olders, uh, the the problem is he's he's like getting voted number one right now because there's nobody else to vote for. Uh, you know, yeah, Wide Barrio is is the older horse right now, but he's only really done it once. So and he's not supposedly we're not gonna see him till the Breeders' Cup. So I don't really know you know what that means, but yeah, I, like yeah, that's rattle, crazy by the way. Like I rattle, I, I like, I rank rattle and roll and I don't even know where he is. Right. And like, it's just like, no, you, Christopher said it. It's thing that we feel. We have to rank these every week, the 10 year old or, t- or 10 top 10 classic horses. And you get past like five and you're like, Ugh, let me make sure this horse is like training still, you know? It's really hard to come up with 10 horses for the classic. It's really sad, really. I'm trying to see. Uh, okay. Uh, Forte, Rattle and Roll, White Abario, Go Rocket Ride, Archangelo, Mage, Zandon, Proxy, Defunded, and Stiletto Boy. That's who I have right now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we, we we desperately need some horses to step up. But who, I mean, the, the other question is like, who do we have to step up? You know, we're running Some, out of them. Someone here in this race, someone as in maybe one or two, hopefully can like step up. I, I don't know. Maybe Arabian night runs a little better. I mean, maybe go rocket ride. It, and I, I like, I ranked them and I'm like, I don't even like these horses. Like, yeah. But it, yeah, and like Kevin says, West Willpower, he's retired, and that's the other thing. We, we I was ranking a horse that was dead, that is now dead, an art collector. Like I, I just, there's nobody there, and, and and the horses you do have ranked in a list that you're like, this is pretty weak. Something happens to him. So Kevin West Willpower, he's 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 retired. Yeah. So I mean, he's you know, that's the thing. He just keeps like yeah. li- uh, my my top ten. I have my top four are three year olds. And a lot of that's going to change after this week, right? Because we're going to find out about three of them: like Forte, Go Rocket Ride, Mage, Archangelo. Um, and really, that was a, a fact, uh, more of an issue of like, okay, well, he won the Derby, he won the Belmont, and I hate National Treasure. Um, Rattle and Roll, Wide Abario, Zandon, Defunded, Proxy, and Stiletto Boy, and it's just like, ugh, really? But I, you know, Zandon is my seventh ranked horse. It's just crazy, but I don't like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta include him. Yeah. I mean, senior Buscador that he's, that's where we're at. Like he's, he's probably going to be in the classic. I mean, I don't know. So I don't, he's I a, mean, who knows I mean, a tape? I don't know. Forget, I mean, forget. I don't want to hear that name. Forget it. <laughs> that is not. No. Tava. No, I mean he's he hasn't. He's but as bad as I think Taba is, he did run third in last year's classic. I mean, he has not had to work. Uh, no, he worked. Wow, he worked last week. 
So watch out. Yeah. He's coming back. Uh, I, did this, I mean, Japanese horse, you, you got to think they're going to come. There we don't know. We the, don't know. Uh, the well, the last I had heard, the the horse, and someone can look it up. The horse that won the Dubai World Cup is a Japanese okay. horse is going to come to Sanzanita uh, and start working out. He might be the favorite. I mean, honestly, I'll take a, I'll take a long look at him. I know that much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how how long we've we been saying Japan's going to win the classic? You know, they're going to do it. And God, can you think of a better or, or maybe not a better, but a more appropriate year when we don't have anybody that can fend them off, you know? Yeah. Extra hey. AO, John, John. White. What about whatever happened to rich strike? Is he retired? I, I don't know. I'm that's a, you, you know, Sylvia, you bring that up. I, that's a name I haven't heard from in months. The last time I heard he was with Bill Mott or they were sending him to Mott or something. I mean, Surely he's yeah, not. I mean that's the last May twenty fifth. That was like the last like yeah. Year. He hasn't had a workout or anything. That was the daddy went to Belmont, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, huh. we're just. Can, I mean, do you have any horses with uh, with Kelly you could think about? I mean, I know, yeah. I mean, shit. I know he. I know he won't. But why not? Why not the big horse? I mean, give it a shot. I haven't seen a work from the big horse in a long time either. So I don't know what's going on with him. Oh, all right. So. All right. Well, on that note, we'll find out a lot about this uh, these three-year-olds and how they might fare in the Classic. But we'll first have to see how they do in this weekend's Travers, Halterman, and myself right now going with number one, Forte, to win the 2023 Travers Stakes. I wonder what the, what the end of the story will be. Isn't it funny how, like, the two biggest horses that, that won the Kentucky... By the way, I said it that day and I, i'll admit there was maybe some ill-timed uh tweets that day but i said he'll never win again he never won again and uh isn't it funny how those two big you know him and uh what's his name uh what was the horse well uh what was the horse that won that before that that calvin burrell um, mind that bird mind that bird yeah, is uh, it's funny how both those horses that had these huge epic, you know, uh, wins in the Derby, kind of, you know, remember at the end of his career, he was with Lucas, mm-hmm. just running these random races, like he just is like it is sad, really, and it's just mm-hmm. like it's crazy how they try to win one of those horses that aren't really that good, but just however whatever reason had happens, um, kind of peak at the right time. And then you you want to squeeze out everything you can out of them because you think, well, this horse won the Derby, right? You know, and then they turn out they're really not that good. Yeah. And then it's just really sad. So it's it's weird. I I, I will never I'll never figure out how that happened. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it all came together, and uh, it's just it's just amazing how that worked out that day. I, it's just. The the crazier the crazier story for me is, is even though the odds were much higher for Rich Strike, it's still got to be mind that bird just from the pure fact that he backed it up two more times after that. It wasn't like Rich Strike. I mean, he was you know he never really got well. I guess he got close to that one race with with. Uh, I, I'm tired. Okay, Shotty, whoever the other horse, you know well, that the the difference is though, mind that bird was decent 
coming into the Derby. Yeah, I mean, he did win that. Right? Yeah, you know, he was, but but still, to to rattle off. I mean, this horse would have been running for the Triple Crown if it not been for Rachel. Yeah, and yeah, and really ran a good Belmont, just a bad ride. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, mind the bird ran second in the in the mm-hmm. Preakness shoddy, and then he ran what? He ran fourth, third. Third in the Belmont, yeah. Yep, third in the Belmont. Just get early move from Calvin, but um, but just the fact that he was able to squeeze out those three races out of him in those five weeks was just insanity to me. Versus one kind of fluke of a race, you know. Yep, it's crazy. Yep. It's nuts. All right, time for a rapid fire presented by the Traverse Stakes 2023 Betting Bible. It's now available at RacingDudes.com. Go get your hands on that right now. Halter and I are working on the final touches, going through our bets and how we're going to bet this thing. And it's not just us; it's the entire team at RacingDudes.com. You get top four consensus picks from everyone that uh, you know and love at Racing Dudes. Who we like in every race, not just the Traverse, but the entire card on Traverse Day at Saratoga. That's this Saturday. August 26th, you'll get uh, not just uh, those, but you'll get uh, kind of the pace, how we think the pace is going to unfold for each race. You're going to get pick four, pick fives, daily doubles, everything that, you know, all the win bets, all those different ways, you know, different, maybe you like to play certain ways. It's all going to be in the betting Bible. Alterman crushed last, uh, the Whitney had an 80% ROI. I mean, this, it was, uh, it was, uh, I mean, I was so pissed that day because I, everything I bet, I won't, I mean, it was like literally where we're, it was awful, right? It just seemed like I was cursed that day. But this dude, it's like almost the opposite of cursed. He was, everything was running for him. It was really actually fun to watch. And uh, let's see if he can back that up and, you know, pick that ROI, ROI keep going up. So if you, uh, you want to tell, you know, fade me, I don't blame you, <laughs> and play Hallsman and go get the betting Bible uh, available now at racingdudes.com. All right. We got three Breeders' Cup Challenge races this weekend. Um, even though the Travers is it technically is not, it's obviously the horse is going to run in the Breeders' Cup from the Travers, but three that are actually winning your ends for the Breeders' Cup. And we'll kick things off here with race 10, the undercard. Um, the Ballerina Handicap, this is on the undercard of uh, Travers, Saratoga, race 10, the Ballerina Handicap, grade one, 500K for Phillies and Mares. Three-year-olds and up going seven furlongs. It's a winning your end for the P, uh, BC uh, PNC Bank, Philly and Mare Sprint. And uh, the sprint winner of last year is in this race. Number seven, Good Night Olive. But she's going to face a, a nice field of eight here, uh, seven others. And Echo Zulu, the horse just to her inside, the six horse, freaked last time out. And it's not like she's free. Like, she's obviously a good horse, but ran a monster, monster race. Echo Zulu versus Good Night Olive. Where are you going? Echo Zulu for me. I, I think she's the fastest horse in the race. I think she gets out in front here. I, I, I think she goes to the lead and has a pretty comfortable lead. I don't think they'll get her this time. I'm going to go Echo Zulu on top. I know uh, Goodnight Olive beat her in the Breeders' Cup of Philly and Mare Sprint. I kind of think Echo Zulu's in a little bit better form right now uh, than, than Goodnight Olive. I think Zulu's going to be really tough. So give me Echo Zulu in this spot. It's really hard to go against her here. I mean, I think it's, I don't think Goodnight Olive will quit. I mean, she's a tough horse and she obviously has, you know, earned the right to to be where she's at but man you know you look at this thing like let me go through some of these stats that I, they make this race so intriguing now aside from the fact like you said echo zulu how fast she is but 
lifetime starts, 10 starts, eight wins for Echo Zulu. By the way, they both have 10 starts and eight wins. One second from Echo Zulu, one second, one third for Goodnight Olive. Saratoga, Echo Zulu is three for three. Goodnight Olive, she's two for two. How about the distance? Three starts at this distance for Echo Zulu. She's got two wins in a second. Goodnight Olive, seven wins, or seven starts, six wins in one third. So they're kind of both dominating, the, you know, everything about this race. And that's what makes this race so intriguing. Oh, and the other side, you got Echo Zulu who's going to go to the lead. Goodnight Olive is going to come try to get her. He did come and get her in the Breeders' Cup, or she did come and get her last time in the Breeders' Cup when they faced. But Echo Zulu was a different horse that time. And now she's a better horse now. And so I think she's going to be tough to beat, tough to run down. But, you know, Goodnight Olive's not going to quit. She'll keep coming. She, you know, you look at her, she, a lot of people said, well, she's not the same horse as she was last year. And she, maybe she's not. But man, she's gutty. She tries. And uh, maybe not good, quite good enough, but she'll give it an effort. But I still think Echo Zulu, for me, gets the job done. Uh, number, uh, number six, Echo Zulu for both of us. All right, let's go to race 11. Uh, the next up here at Saratoga, it's Resorts World Casino. Sword Dancer Stakes, grade one, 750K for four-year-olds and up, going one, one-half miles on the inner turf. Field to seven shows up here, Halterman, and, you know, maybe not. Uh, oh, by the way, it's the Breeders' Cup uh, winning your in for the Longines turf. Not exactly like the last race as far as, like, this, you know, battle between these two super horses, but... It, it definitely creates a little bit of a challenge as far as the betting because I, you know, this is the race prior to the to the Travers and seven horses, dude, and and it's kind of tough to land on one. I'll be honest. Hey, I went I went round and round on this one. This one I, I would say uh, for the first <laughs> time is Sorry. definitely subject to change. Um, really weird. Uh, what this is a strange race the weather could be a little bit funky so this is subject to change but as of right now i'm gonna go number three bolshol ballet on top in this spot coming over for aiden o'brien um i don't know i just think this horse i, I kind of like to see this horse back in the states we thought this was going to be a really good one and and really faltered last year um but i i, I like that johnny velasquez velasquez picks up the mount so give me the three in here uh, take a little bit of a shot at five to one yeah, and by the way, I don't know. I just saw this too. Echo Zulu is cross center in Charlestown. I think he's got, I think, uh, isn't uh, the other one, um, Wicked Halo in there as well, cross centered? So I wouldn't be surprised if he runs Wicked Halo there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd be, I mean, Echo Zulu, you got you to think, is going to run in this race. Um, all right, let's go. Uh, I'm going to go with. I kind of late. What are the odds, by the way, on Soldier Rising? Did you tell me already? Five to one. Five to one. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going. Um, you know, you look at that last time out, and that was such a weird day, or like kind of weird. Like I can't. I don't know what that was from him. You know, it, it was like the whole like they scratched him, but he wasn't supposed to be scratched. So then he ran for purse money only. Not like that. <laughs> not like he yeah. he knew that, right? He cared. Uh, but then you had the horse go down in the race and it was just kind of a weird race all around just on top of, of the purse money only situation. I mean, this is a horse that had, you know, ran in the Manhattan, the prior race, finished second up to the mark, you know, you know, finished uh, second in the grade one. I mean, it's been a solid horse. That race kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like, so I'm going to give him another shot um, and kind of, you know, late runner here, soldier rising Clement, obviously not backing off after that poor effort in the bowling green. So, 
I like the fact that the you know everyone kind of stays put with the uh, connection. So give me number one, Soldier Rising. But I, what do you think of real quick before we move on? What were your thoughts on uh, Stone Age out to the out on the outside? This is a horse that finished second. Would have won the Breeders' Cup, would not for Rebels Romance, who was a horse that went down that day. Um, now with Chad Brown, interesting move. Has not even sniffed the winner's circle in quite some time, though. Um, thoughts on Stone Age being with Chad and, and gets Pratt aboard? Yeah, I, you know, I don't think the horse deserves to be what the price is going to be, and that that's my deal, right? And so, you know, I you look at like a seven to five that'll probably be an even money with Forte, but I think he's better by by a de- decent margin. You look at a four to five even money with Stone Age. I I just don't know. I I I think he can be beat. I think it's a little bit too short of a price. Um, you know, I think it's weird. Aiden O'Brien brings one over, even though he knows Stone Age is here. That kind of tells me something, right? And look, it's it's been quite a quite a long time since Stone Age has a win. Um, so I'm just kind of I'm a little bit against uh, that horse in this race. Yeah, I don't hate the Verstappen horse. I think that's an interesting one. Finished second that day, the Channel Maker. By the way, Channel Maker in the race uh, has. Has ran 54 times in his career. Yeah. He's still running as a nine-year-old. Went won a you know won a great two last time out. And by the way, wouldn't it wouldn't it be so Linda Rice 2023 to get Pioneering Spirit a berth into the Breeders' Cup? Um, would be fitting, right? All right, mm-hmm. let's go to Del Mar for the last one here. Race 10, the Pat O'Brien Stakes, Grade Two, 250k for three-year-olds and up, going seven furlongs. It is a Breeders' Cup winning your end for the big ass fans. Dirt Mile. Uh, Field of 11, Halterman shows up here. This was uh, you had a few kind of that came in off of that last race that were, you know, that they all kind of, not all of them, but I guess a few of them ran into, you know, ran into the Ben Crosby and come up, sh- showed up here. Anarchist is a horse. I think you you liked Anarchist, I yep. think, the last time out. Race uh, number nine in this race for Doug O'Neill. Spirit of McKenna is a horse that just had a, got a terrible trip that day and kind of had to stop and never you know just pulled the horse up cz rockets in the race thoughts on this one yeah i'll go back with uh anarchist uh, again here uh, and you know this isn't uh, like you know reinventing uh, the wheel here but you listen he ran second to elite power and then he came back last time out in the bean crosby and he ran second uh, by only a head to the chosen brawn it was a great race i liked both horses actually going into that as well as jo- dr shival so it up being a pretty good finish there for me. I, look, I, I think Anarchist, um, I, I hope he's not just a, I'm going to run second behind really good horses type, um, and that could happen. So I like the number nine Anarchist on top. I do like Spirit of McKenna, the number seven horse, and a definite use for me as well. Uh, really bad trip last time out. Hopefully can kind of get that straightened out. He'd been really, really good, and that that was one of the horses that Anarchist had been running behind, uh, you know, in the, that stretch of seconds. But I think Anarchist is a better price, so give me Anarchist on top. Interesting. What are, are there odds for this one yet? Because I, you, you think that horse will be better odds than Spirit? Should be. If not, I'd be really surprised. There are no odds. Okay. Um, I kind of, you know, I, maybe the fact that everyone's going to say the same thing is like, well, he never, you know, had a chance to run. Uh, go if you haven't watched the Bean Crosby, go watch it. Um, it's just like you'll you'll see. Like this horse literally never just galloped home because they didn't have like, the horse got pulled up basically um so i'm gonna go back to spirit of mckinnon i think i picked that um uh, picked him that day and i just 
you know, this horse had rattled off three wins in a row, looked really, really good. And, and just, I mean, to me, it's like, it was a non-effort, right? You just draw a line through it. So give me that horse back. I, I, I think play those two, Anarchist. I like Anarchist as well. I mean, that's a, um, those two, I, I would be a little bit surprised if, I mean, I shouldn't say that because it's Del Mar, but those two seem very fitting to, to win this race. I don't know what's going to come out of it as far as like, you know, what we're going to see in the <laughs> dirt mile, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, these are, you know, especially like a horse like Spirit of McKenna, you know, it's the West Coast and stay out of Santa Anita. That might be a good thing. And Anarchist, I mean, Anarchist has a good chance here to prove that if this horse can 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 win and run well, it's like, okay, well, your your losses have been to the Chosen Braun and Elite Power as far as like these big races. Like, that's not bad, right? Elite Power is, is awesome. But uh, give me a Spirit of McKenna on the bounce back. <laughs> hour and 30 show guys i mean it's just you know it's been that kind of show you guys it's been awesome yeah tell everyone's fired up these are my favorite shows to do whenever it's especially when they're late because they're late and everybody's just dialed in right we're all concentrating on one thing and that's watching uh replays and, and handicapping and obviously the travers is is a huge race so yep yeah, yeah I, I think chosen brown's going to the breeders cup sprint i would think but yeah yeah, it's, it's it's definitely fun and and it's 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 going to be interesting to see what what actually happened because I I think Saratoga obviously hasn't done a good job getting like big fields but these stakes races are all intriguing uh, even though the fields are a little bit short so I think I think it's it's a cute I I don't see it as like the last couple of travers is like wow we've got absolute superstars and this is going to be blowouts. I think you could get a few prices, so um, we'll see. Well, I'm glad we could help with the uh, the baby <laughs> duties. I under, I completely understand how that goes, Christopher. So, um, yeah, what does it? Yeah, the Magic Mike show will just be they'll be they'll be just the lone dogs tomorrow. So, well, the the Daily Show also tomorrow. Well, yeah, but oh. the po far as podcasts go, that will right. be your. Uh, I guess I assume they're probably doing the late pick five at saratoga i assume but you never know they might do charlestown <laughs> so curtis says the florida gators doc which i haven't watched is it out i guess it's out if you've watched it has me uh, super sad that college football is ruined forever um yeah if you didn't know that was going on in college football then i don't i don't want to tell you either curtis <laughs> I've, I've seen all kinds of hype on that i cannot wait to watch that oh it's it's gonna show you what a big time program does well Maybe not all of them, because Urban Meyer wasn't there, and he's he's the worst. But it, it goes on a lot. Uh, it's pretty corrupt. That and uh, the uh, the uh, there's another one I wanted to watch. Oh, the what's his name? The A and M. Oh, you need to watch it, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, you need Manziel to watch one. that. Yeah, um, that's hilarious, dude. The a clip I saw from it, it was amazing. It was like. He literally never. I mean, we all kind of knew it, but he's like, I'd never watch. Like, I would just ask someone what you know about the film, and like, so it's like no wonder the dude was a bust. I mean, obviously there's a lot of other reasons, but it's like he put no effort into it whatsoever. It, it, it's hysterical until it gets sad, you know, yeah. that he he spins totally out of control. But you know, he, he explains just how him and his buddy would just fly here, there and everywhere, just signing autographs, yeah. you know, sign a big autograph signing, get, get a hundred thousand here, get 50,000 here. I mean, uh, it was crazy. And 
And he literally was like, like practice, really? Like I didn't go to practice. Like fuck your practice is basically what he told them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. It's uh, there's a lot. I'm I'm gonna have to actually. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, because I I always obviously download some good stuff, whatever I can find for the for the yeah plane. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to download those so I can watch them. You need to download it. It's it's definitely to me. It was a kid that just was not gonna be able to handle the spotlight and didn't even really want it to be honest and wasn't really prepared for it mentally. Never could have been, you know. But that like his teammates were like he didn't really care. Like he just wanted to goof around, and that was just him, right? But all of a sudden he's like the Heisman winner. It's like oh god. So it was a mess that you, the thing you'll love the most is how his agent got him ready for the draft and sold him to all these teams. It was <laughs> unbelievable. The stories of trying to keep him sober and him <laughs> not being sober when they really needed him to be. <laughs> it's amazing. What, what's the, I haven't had like, what what's going on with the I keep hearing all this shit about the the blind side guy and like what is that about? Uh evidently they they the family took all the money from the movie and didn't give him any. Um and then also I guess he wasn't, you know, quote unquote really adopted. It was more of like a conservatorship or whatever. So I, it sounds like it was pretty sensationalized the story. Gotcha. So, yeah. and and he was supposed to keep quiet about it, and then when he wasn't getting paid, it was like, "Well, fuck you guys." So, yeah, got it. And yeah, that that seems to be what's happening with that. And yeah. like, I don't get it either because like they're like, I mean, from what I know, like, aren't they like, isn't the dude like they own like a bunch of fran like McDonald's and Taco Bell's and all this bullshit? Like, he really he's a like legit million like multi multi millionaire in real life. The dad. And so it's like, why would it matter what move, you know, like, like you're pocketing the money? I mean, obviously, I'm sure it was a good amount of money, but still, yeah. it's like, who cares? There's probably more to the story. And, and, and that's the, the, I think, I think now it's like anytime a story comes out, everybody, it's a lynch mob. It's like, whoa, 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 you got one version of it. Now, that version yeah. of it could be 100% true, but there's always two sides of everything. So I'm not really sure what, what's happening with it, you know? There's got to be more to it, but uh, if what he is saying is true, then it's it's pretty bad. But I never just jump to conclusions. I'd like to hear both sides. Well, don't you think it'd be kind of easy to like, I mean, to like check to see if like, hey, they wrote him checks for X amount, or yeah. he's getting paid, you know, or see his deposits. Has he been, you know what I mean? Like, couldn't we just couldn't they figure that out pretty quick? Well, and it's it's another yes for sure. And it, my other thought was, why is he coming out with this now? Like, what, what's going on? You know? Yeah. I I don't know. It's weird. I don't know what man. Well, it's a good movie though. Was... <laughs> I hated that movie. I liked it. What you doing? I mean, it was corny as hell. Let's be yeah. honest. But you know, it, I, okay. I'll, how about this? I think what you I liked about it was that it was a true story, and it's not now. So. No, I hate it, I guess. So was Remember the Titans real? I, I love that movie. I think so, yeah. Miracle. I know that's true. I love that movie. That was real. <laughs> I know. I was there, right? I saw it. So um yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So yeah, I got all Houston nut in there. That was the funny part of the movie when all the coaches showed up and yeah. Um, all right, guys, it's all the time we have. Make sure you check out the website, racingdudes.com to uh, get all our picks for this weekend. Not just the Travers, but the entire, uh, well, yeah, you know, you get the, the uh, personal instant Friday. You get all the picks you want at racingdudes.com for the Travers and uh, everything in Saratoga. Go check out the best bets page. It'll be popping out. You know, the betting Bible obviously is Saturday, but we'll be doing best bets all week long, which obviously is similar to the betting Bible in, in a sense that Haltman and I, as well as everyone, you know, Vinny's been doing picks as well. Uh, Papa Dude does a lot of sports picks. Um, we give out our best bets every, you know, for every day. And obviously with Saratoga being the big one, we'll have a ton of best bets over the next couple of days at the spa. So make sure you check out the best bets page. Just look on the main menu. You'll see best bets up there. And then, yeah, the, the betting Bible is available now for sale. Um, just stay tuned for tomorrow. I'm hoping that before we go on an airplane, we can have that thing live. If not, it'll be tomorrow night. Um, but just stay tuned for that. We'll definitely have it to you and just look, check in your email when it does come out, but go ahead and get it. So you'll be the first ones to access it. Once we do go live with that thing, we're on Twitter at race underscore dudes, Instagram, and Facebook with tons of content. I'll be trying to post uh, as much as I can on Instagram and Twitter while we're at the track this weekend. If you are, are going to be at the track, make sure you hit us up. Make sure you listen to blinkers off on all the different channels. You listen to podcasts, whether it be Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, go check out, Dudes who bet sports with Halterman and his dad. What'd you guys do? You covered you cover the Travers? We covered the Travers, and then we did over-unders for all the uh, NFL uh, win totals, and so that was a lot of fun. Uh, we we did that for college last week. We did it for NFL this week. So that's uh, we covered every single team, their over-under win totals, because, uh, gosh, we, we had to do it this week because, I mean, it's right on top of us now. Dude, we're without – we have football now until – February. Yep. So it's freaking fantastic. Yep. And uh, by the way, the Magic Mike show, they'll be live tomorrow, um, kind of headlining the whole day uh, as far as the podcast. And I think, I don't know for sure, but I assume they're going to do Saratoga. So take out, get more insight of what Samich and Magic we're going to be going with. Make sure you stay tuned for the Magic Mike show tomorrow. Halterman, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. I probably should work out a plan with you. So. I, I well, guess, are we meeting at the airport? Is that the plan? I'll see you at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> the plan is set. <laughs> okay. Don't need to text you now. <laughs> see you. See you on the plane, buddy. Knowing you, we don't even sit next to each other. So, so um, we, we, we do on the first one, but not on the second one. Good. I, I always feel obligated to talk to you when we sit. Next but to I, I want, I want you to know something. Okay. Um, I, I've grown out of, we're going to sit in the middle seat because it's free. I mean, it's not an upgraded charge. Yeah, finally, we're we're sitting. We're each sitting by the window uh, on the second uh, the second flight. I, so. I, I I expect first class. Nothing nothing less. Not first class, but you don't have to sit in between people. So there you go. <laughs> well, hey, you know it's baby steps. All right, guys. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Thanks everybody for tuning in. And seriously, good luck in the drivers. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> 
has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 